Hi, this is Carolina, the Soul Coach. Welcome to my podcast. Today I want to talk about mental health and in particular how it affects men. This is a subject that's very topical at the moment and having a healthy mind is just as important as having a healthy body. And a lot of us are um, affected by mental health and mental health issues. And I thought it would be really interesting to have an actor here to talk about this and how it's impacted him. So I've invited a family friend, Amel Amin, to come and talk to us about this subject. And with us as well, we have my daughter who's training to be a counsellor. She's nearly finished her training now. And so we're going to all discuss this this. Um, very important subject. Welcome, Amel. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you for having me. No, this is very, thanks. It's very sweet and special what we're doing here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my name is Amel Amin. I'm, I'm an actor and a filmmaker. Um, I, I, I guess people in the UK would know me from uh, I, perhaps The Bill I did many years ago, a film called Kidulthood. Also, The Maze Run is a feature film I did in America. Uh, Sensei, and most recently, um, Yardi, which was uh, Idris Elba's directorial debut. But we're here to talk about um, something that I guess everybody, all of us go through in some respect, uh, you know, the issue of mental health or, you know, just, you know, mental wealth, you know, getting yourself into a frame of mind that that works for you. Definitely. And, and uh, you know, I, I was talking before and was saying, you know, what is mental health and the fact that a lot of men have, uh, 70% you're saying? Of men have strong mental health issues. One, one in eight. One in eight. One in eight men. That, yes. that statistic is 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 crazy to me, and I, I think maybe because you know the culture, especially Western cultures, is really predicated on this kind of some may say archaic version of you know masculinity and manhood, where you know one shouldn't express their emotions. Yes. One you know a man is meant to be the backbone of the family and just you know uh, stiff upper lip as they may say. And so uh, I, I can relate, you know. Um, I, I'm always, I'm a little bit wary of the mental health issue conversation in the sense that I think we all go through mental health. Like it is to live in this world, to go after your aspirations and dreams, to get incredible setbacks, to go through loss and all this stuff. It, it's all, you're always dealing with the, uh, the issue of making sure you're in a mentally stable place you know and, yes. and mental and mental and spiritual health go hand in hand so i think it's great that we're having this conversation great yes, good and it's very it's true what you say isn't mm. it how as we go through life we do we all experience some kind of mental health yeah. issue whatever that is mm-hmm. um and it's right about um it's particularly men mm-hmm. they they don't want to talk about their problems mm-hmm. and this is what part of the problem is and so what men tend to do is kind of be a lone island don't they yep. yeah, yeah, yeah and um and you you um just coming back to you and what you did with the um the bill mm-hmm. you started that early didn't you yes yeah, yeah. so you were quite young when you yeah did i started that. this business from when i was six years old professionally wow. and so you know West End plays you know uh, worked with Michael Jackson when I was young all, all sorts of things and I say one of the things as a young boy you have to deal mm. with immediately is rejection mm. you know and you know rejection for an actor pretty much never leaves you throughout your entire career you can be 
insert actor, Brad Pitt, you know, who gets offered everything, but, you know, your work is critiqued at such a high level, you're, you're scrutinised, the way you look, everything is, you know, really scrutinised. And so, you know, and I feel like actors, um, naturally, you know, artists are empathic people because you have to be able to understand other people's experience to relate to it. But also, you know, as an actor, I think you go through the, the motions of, you know, how's my, you know, how's my brain doing? How do I feel, you know, constantly being told no, you, you know, you, you know, your, your destiny is not particularly in your hands if you are just an actor, because you have to wait for someone else to say yes. So what's one of the things, um, you know, I've, I've dealt with through my life is like, how do I deal with disappointment? How do I deal with rejection? How do I deal with frustration? Um, you know, and I think that relates to anybody. Anybody's really ambitious and men, you know, at a, at a very young age, I think we just, we kind of, we're kind of, you know, cultivate in this way, like go forth and, and conquer, you know, that's a very man, you know, mm. thing. And so when those things go right, we feel good, you know, um, but sometimes when it's going right, you think you feel extremely good in some respect, but from an egoic perspective, but from a, from an emotional perspective, you may feel a bit, uh, a bit vacant, mm. you know, you mm. know, um, and so it's, it's a constant push and pull. And I, I think, it's, it's interesting. We came from a world of religion before all of us, you know, yes. 50 years ago, like all of us were a lot more religious and definitely more, uh, definitely like, you know, many of us were believed in a deity in, in a very specific sense. And so I think that really helped, mm -hmm. you know, but also, you know, you know, I think religion has its limitations as well. Mm. And so it's a very interesting place where, you know, we're trying to figure out where we go with that now. Like for me, I didn't grow up in a particular religious household. We'd say we're, you know, uh, extremely spiritual. Uh, my mum's a therapist. And so, you know, very early on, I learned, read books that would help with my my mental health, even though it wasn't framed like that, you know. Because um, I was going to ask you, how, did you how do you cope with or what do you do, mm. how to deal with the pressures yeah. of rejection, of, you know, growing up? And, um, and and I think your parents divorced yeah, when yeah, you were 11, yeah, yeah. didn't they? No, when I was 15. When you were 15. Yeah, so yeah. that must have been quite difficult as mm. well. So how, who did you talk to? How did you deal with, the, with that? Mm. I mean, those are three separate subjects. But yes. I, I, I guess if I went to 15, <laughs> the 15-year-old version of self, um, how did I deal with that? I'd say, you know what, I probably, I don't know, man, I've been a big little man forever and so <laughs> there was this attitude of um you know get on with it and make things happen um, mm. I, I wrote a film and I think my films that I write are kind of ex explorations of things that I've gone through and I think one of the things I was just like you know does love exist is love real it can love be forever and I think probably in my earlier relationships I I added all of that kind of weight to it like mm -hmm. you know this must work. I must marry this woman and prove to myself mm. that love is forever. And uh, love may be forever, but relationships are complicated, mm. you know, and, and especially when you're young. And so, you know, I think that pressure came on a lot of my relationships when I was younger. Um, you, how did I deal with that? I, th I also, you know, was lucky enough to, you know, both my parents are heavily in my life mm. and huge influences. And, you know, as you get older, you get to understand your parents, not your parents. They're just people that grew up. That is so true. 
Yeah. They're just people that grew up and they're like, you, you, aren't you meant to have all the fucking answers? Yeah. And it's like, no, actually, I, mm. I was just winging it. Mm. And all parents, to some degree, yes. you know, um, wing it. You know, it's, it's an improvisation. Mm. Different children, different personalities, the whole yes. thing. Um, and uh, so I, I really understand my parents' parents. And I, I, one person, you know, one of my uncles, my mum's brother was very instrumental in, in me having um, a, a forgiveness and empathy for the situation that occurred between my parents. And then another uncle of mine, who's not my actual uncle, but became a surrogate uncle, um, a guy called Kwame Kwema. Uh, I worked with him when I was like 23. Um, and I literally kind of charged him with the responsibility of being a surrogate father to elements that I couldn't necessarily discuss mm. with my father. And thankfully, I, he accepted. I think, you know, young men uh, need other men to relate to. Yeah. It's very important, especially men that, are operating in the full spectrum of what it is to be a man, you know, and to be human first, you know, human. And so I was lucky enough to find those people that are both empathetic, uh, go-getters, successful in life, but also, you know, battling the complications of what it is to have a a, a healthy mind. Um, And then in terms of like the pressures... It's funny, I, you know what, as an actor, I kind of mentally gave up being an actor. As in, um, I'm so, I so rigidly believe in what I'm here to do and what, you know, what I have to offer to the world in terms of my art and uh, my mission and what's in my heart to say to the world that a lot of no's, they're more irritating than, than they hurt my emotions. Yes. They're more like, ugh. I've got to wait a bit mm. longer for that, that, the other. Do you get what I'm mm. saying? Mm. I, I, I also took on a path of, you know, being a writer director, which has helped me in the sense of uh, having a creative expression that mm. is, is mine. Mm. Um, you know, but it's it, it definitely is frustrating when you've got to wait and you've got to, you know, you're waiting for someone else to say yes to to mm. to your to your dreams and. Um, I heard something recently, which I think is just very relevant. I don't think you should wait for anybody to say yes. That's a very difficult thing to navigate because, you know, I need you to say, if I want to make a film, I need you to make, you know, give me the money to make the film, da da da, da. But I just feel like, you know, we have to break out of depending too much on other people for um, just start where you are and, and you know, depending yes. too much on other people for your for your dreams, I think is 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 a way to a nightmare. And I've been through that nightmare. You know, an example is I was I was close to making a feature film in America last year. Everything was a go. And then um, one bit of the money fell out. Mm. And <clears throat> it's probably the second time in my life, because I'd cast the movie, everything was right. Second time in my life where I felt like, you know, what it... I'm not very good with depression, by the way, um, which is probably a very quote-unquote man thing is like it's like i'll do depression for 48 hours and i'm like let's get on with it okay you know yeah and um that's not that's actually not necessarily the best way to operate either if something bad happens to me i'll do whatever for i'll reflect on it for 48 hours and i'll use that very thing to drive me Mm -hmm. but sometimes it doesn't mean you're dealing with whatever's hurt you you know Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, so I, that film went down and it was just, it was definitely had a toll on my um, mental health in terms of just being extremely, uh, you know, you know, angry because it was, it was, it was, it was so close. And so I was so angry and so annoyed and it was out of my control. And for a, for a, for a man, you know, I think we are taught definitely to have things within your control is what it is to be a man. Yes. To be on your shit. And, um, in some ways I agree, you know, in some ways I agree. I think there, there, you know, we all have roles to play, you know, but, so did you give up at that moment or did you, how did you deal with that? I'm still in the midst of, um, no, I mean, did you no, channel? No, you just change, happened? you change focus. Hmm. You shift focus. So, you know, um, I'm actually pretty good with um, problem solving. I just get irritated about them. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's, but it's kind of like, okay, cool. This is not happening. All right. I need to inject all of my energy into, okay, this promotional campaign this next feature film that has come up and then, you know, re-look at what the goal is. The ultimate goal for me is to be um, a filmmaker that partners with studios and have my own production company studio that makes films and content and messages that I care about. Mm. So what's a way to do that now is one question. Two, what is, since this one is too reliant on this situation, like, too much money or whatever okay what am I gonna do so I just shifted focus it's like okay mm. let me shift to doing this um and let me give myself the a b and c options mm-hmm. of plan a mm-hmm. so you know version one everything goes right and you know they give me whatever to make the movie version two it doesn't and I go and partner with someone else version three no one wants to partner I go and try and I make it happen and make a way right. for myself and do it myself at the level I can. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you come up with different options. That's kind of like what we were saying last week about the path to, or the journey of spirituality might hit those roadblocks and be curvy. Yes. But you find something else to do. Yes. Instead you're refocusing your attention. So you don't give up, you just find another way. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I think that it comes down to, one has to search themselves and say, what am I you know, when you're going after a goal or whatever it is you're going after in life, is like strip, keep stripping away yes. until you get down to a very core word about, you know, what you're actually, tr- why you're trying to achieve this thing and mm. what it's actually about. Mm. And for me, you know, for me, okay, uh, I think, not to sound too goofy, the, the, if I strip away everything, the core reason of why I'm trying to, or, or why I have, and why I conti- will want to continue to achieve the success and artistic freedom that I ha- have had and want to have more of um, is down to one key thing: is love, you know. And um, you know, I'm not one to just go, "Oh, it's love, love." But it's it's, <laughs> you know, it's love, love. You're tuned to the love station right now. Uh, um, no, it is. It's like what pushes me is my family, and and and. When I was a kid, you know, coming from a working class background, wanting to see us thrive and and have the best of life, and you know, um, travel the I mean, we traveled the world anyway, but like, you know, just, you know, alleviate the pressures, financial pressures from mm. my mom, and encourage my brothers and sisters. Love, what 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 made me get into acting as a kid? 
I loved playing. I loved, you know, Thundercats and and, and stories of um, Macaulay Cook and Home Alone. And, you know, I love dancing. What keeps me interested in it now? I'm fascinated by life. You know, I love interaction. I love romance. I love the adventures of, of life in itself. And I want to capture that in a bottle called a movie mm. and feed that reflection back to an audience. That's love, you know. Um, and so with the yeah. view of the audience to feel. Yeah, to feel, you know, feel love. I mean, mm. you know, um, you know, I will bring you in a second. I watched uh, Love Actually. Mm. Was that in 2015, 16? 16. I so love that film. And it's the first time I watched it and I was just so riveted by it. And I was like, you know, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do something like that. I want it, you know, for my generation mm. and for my culture as well. You know, I wanna do something like that. And so, you know, I've worked on something that is like that, and it's, you know, it pretty much close to be, you know, being shot. You mm. know, and so that's the motivating f- focus in my life. Um, the love, love is at the core of everything that I want to achieve. You know, including legacy and and and, and um, yeah, just like legacy and and fulfilling my my dreams and goals. I feel like love is at the core of it all. You know, not to sound washed, but if it washed, meaning not to sound you know, laissez faire or stupid, mm. but that is literally at the core of it. When I when I stripped it down, you know, mm. yeah. I guess because we wanted, we're talking a bit about kind of mental health and your experience of life and work and all those exciting things. And earlier on, you spoke about um, if you get a knockback or anything like that, you kind of have a 48 hours. You meant, you said the word depression, which obviously is, is quite strong and it's, it can feel different for different people and you can experience different lengths of it and different intensities mm-hmm. um, and how you're able to use those two hours to kind of reflect and use your self-awareness already. Um, I guess lots of people don't have that self-awareness and find it difficult to talk about. Lots of men especially, like we were saying earlier, um, society kind of is imposed on them that it's weak to talk about emotions it's weak to cry um it's weak to see a therapist it's it's kind of takes away from the masculinity masculinity. Mm. yeah um in those couple of hours that you kind of not a couple of hours a couple of days or in the periods when you're feeling a bit low or depressed Mm. how have you been able to get to a space where you're able to be self-aware and self-reflective and kind of then just refocus your attention on the next project without kind of spiralling down? Or have you always been able to do that? Uh, okay. Uh, well, I'd say, first of all, you know, maybe depression is a strong word. Mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced what I imagined depression to mm. be once in my life, and that was at the end of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know it felt like more like depression because I was... I remember laying in bed for like three days mm. and not wanting to wash, not wanting to eat. That's only happened once in my life, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you feel, you just feel so physically weak. Mm. But, you know, in terms of like knockbacks, in terms of career and, and stuff like that, um, I, I, I guess I've grown up with that. That's, you know, I'm, I'm a fighter. Mm. You know, I've grown up as a fighter, so those situations for me have—it's um, like I'm—I'm I'm almost used to it. Mm. 
it doesn't make it easier, mm. but that but that practice kicks into gear. Mm. And also what I do as well, often I reflect on the past. Mm-hmm. I reflect on past achievements, you know. So mm. if I'm sitting in my house in uh, a place in Santa Monica, I'm like, Amel, you know, 2009, you're walking down here with your mate, you know, TJ, and you were like, oh my God, I want to live here. Mm. And you're feeling kind of like, oh man, England's become too small for my career, yada, yada, yada. But now, look, at you, mm. 10 years on, you're living here, you're living a whole a full life here. And so often the past um, achievements really are useful to me to make me feel that I've come a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I would even suggest for anybody that's going through mental problems. I remember being 16 years old, uh, 15 or 16, and I remember going, oh, my God, my life's boring and life's boring mm-hmm. and life's waste. And I literally did this thing, and I don't know where it came from, but I said to myself, all right, let's figure out if it's really boring. I'm going to write down highlights of the month every month. And so anything good that would happen, you know, me and my friend, John, we laughed, or we went to this club and it was fun. Anything good, mm. I write, wrote it down. At the end of the month, I would look at this piece of paper, and I'd be like, oh, my God, wow, life's really bloody Mm-hmm. It's all right, isn't it? It's fun. It's cool. And the, and also those memories would give my body a sense of sensation. Mm-hmm. And so that turned into me writing all the time. And so I'm always able to reflect on the past through uh, the transcribes of what I have. Mm-hmm. I can go back to this particular day 10, 12 years ago mm-hmm. and know what I was doing and know there was some good stuff happening in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I do as well. I think also physical exertion, which I think a lot of men mm-hmm. do, is is really important. I box, you know, um, to, to 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 you know. Once I box or go to the gym and and punch something about for about an hour and a half, you you're tired, mm. and then your thoughts end up slowing. You know, mm-hmm. your thoughts slow down, and then you can you listen to yourself. I think as well is to realize that your thoughts are not you. You know, mm. you are not yeah. the sum of all your thoughts. We've all thought yeah. crazy things before. Um, and we are not our thoughts. You know, we're almost, we have to really become, slow down the brain, whether it be through exercise or... or Meditation. Meditation, (laughs) right. But those things help you uh, slow down your thoughts enough to become the observer in your own mind. Mm. Reading is very important. You know, um, know, I read a book called As a Man Thinketh when I was young, and then I read a book called The Power of Now, Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a cool book. It's a really cool book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a new uh, where well, it's not a new now. It's a new, new earth, earth, a new earth. It's really good. Now they're really good. You know, but at the end of the day, after you've read all these books and you've you've consumed it, you still got to get back to your life and see yeah. how it relates to yeah. to yeah. you. And I think forgiveness is a is a big one. You know, um, I'm a futurist, so my life, a lot of my life is spent um, frustrated. Like, as in, ah, and then I've got, like, instantly frustrated and then quelling that down. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do that by focusing on the joy of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. When I say I'm a futurist, what that means is my mind is spent in the future. I have, a, I have an image and a picture of, of what I want to build. And, you know, it's also work for me, mm-hmm. you know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a kid that came from a stage school where no one else is doing what I'm doing anymore. And I'm, I'm the guy that would... Um, a compelling future is really important for people. Mm-hmm. People need to feel like there's something to live for. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So setting yeah. yourself mm-hmm. goals 
yeah. whether it be a holiday or a vacation or, or a time away or something you want to achieve, a compelling future, mm. it literally, you know, beckons you into the future. Mm. I think that's so important. So these are the ways in which I deal with things. Mm. And there's a good way of kind of really, when you imagine your kind of ideal future, it, it can be helpful just to see the picture, but it can also be helpful to kind of... Um, smell what you might be smelling mm -hmm. or imagine what you might be saying or who you might be talking to and what you might be wearing yeah. where you might be living like yeah. every single aspect of it too and it sounds like you found really useful um is reflecting on past achievements yeah and really thinking well i may not have got this job or i may not have passed this test mm. or this relationship may not have worked, but look at what has worked yeah. and look at what mm. I have grown from these and that I can use tomorrow yeah, or in the next minute or hour yeah, or whenever. Absolutely. And that is really useful. Absolutely. Also, I, do you know what? The things that you think you, you, you don't really end up thinking about them. When I think about the past in terms of like jobs or work or something, I don't, I don't even think about any of the stuff that mm. didn't happen. You know, they, they become irrelevant you know, in the story of my life. But when I think about, if I'm saying, oh, I remember wanting to win this particular award and I remember, okay, I walked in and I walked in late because I was on set and then I rushed towards the stage and Linford Christie's on stage and mm. he handed me my award. That sends your body into a rush of like, remember, you know, the endorphins mm. start mm -hmm. to kick in. So I think that's, I think reflecting on good things in the past um, by writing them down because sometimes your brain can't remember them. Yeah. But if you write them down, they're there for you and then this idea of a compelling future that that you can have it and then this is the most difficult thing for me uh, I'm sure I'm a Virgo in my chart somewhere uh, is is yes imagining every detail and enjoying that but unfortunately we are not the uh, masters of all probability in this mm. life and so what what happens is you have to make space for the improvisation mm. of life yes and get used to that mm -hmm. um and in terms of the, the, the mental health for men, you know, you have to, I think, finding yourself, I'm really lucky in the sense I've got some really great friends. and But I've also cultivated those friendships mm -hmm. to be like that. So I have a core group of different men, actually, that I go to for advice or to discuss things. And I'm also the soundboard for a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And I have those core male um, conglomerates for me yes. it's about seven people that I'd go to yes. and those are like and so I've always been like that and I've always been the guy that encourages that mm. but because I'm an artist we kind of live in that space anyway of thinking about your emotions and how you feel um, for other guys that don't you know find yourself someone that does Yeah. find yourself um, mm. a man that does and the reason I, 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 not to negate a woman's effect on, on a man, um, but when a man can see them, a man can look at another man and go, it's all right to have these thoughts and feelings, mm. there is where you have a bit more compassion for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, you're like, oh, man, do you ever feel about, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're 33 and you haven't quite achieved what you want, or, yeah, man, or I can't really talk to this woman, you know? Like, yeah, I can't even... Do you know what I mean that, and then yes. you feel that kind of brotherhood, and, mm. and it's really important. Yeah, mm, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Any more? We we continue. We got anything else to say? Is there anything else? I don't know. I haven't got any.
What do you guys think about mental health though? Do you, do you, for, do you think it's like, I know it's a hot button right now. It is. But I've always felt like it was a part of my existence. Yeah, definitely. And it's ne- it's never going to go away, is it? Um, and I think us women, we chat all the time, don't we? Mm. I think a lot of us chat. We, you know, I, I'm and do you think very, so? Do you think women have less mental health issues because they talk? Like, maybe, maybe because right. we tend to talk about our feelings. We tend to talk about what we're thinking. We tend to kind of chat away, don't mm, we? Mm. So, and it's and um, you know, our feelings are more. You know, we're more feeling people. More feeling feel. I don't know what no. the word is, but we. You we, sit in your feelings normal, more often. Yes. Yeah. And to kind of sit with a group of women or friends. It's easier for us, I think. Yeah. But I have no, I have no, um, I don't have sons, I only have daughters. So I'm used to talking to my daughters about everything. Yeah. So, um, and I've got, I'm close to my mum, so I'm really lucky, you know, and I've got good friends. Um, mm. But sometimes it can feel very alone, can't it? It can, oh, yeah. it, we can feel very alone. Mm. Um, and I think that goes for men, and, you know, and women. But we, us women tend to talk about it a bit more, Yeah, I think. I think it probably affects mental health generally, affects everybody. Like mm. we were saying earlier, all at once, mm. or not all at once, but it affects everybody. Yeah. But and what about being in a relationship me- with men? Do you feel their mental health blocks? I feel like it can do, mm-hmm. but the same with women. If if a woman's going through a really hard time, it's going to affect the relationship. And if a man's going through a really hard time, it's going to affect the relationship too. And we, But I guess the the thing there is that women do find it easier probably to go and find a therapist mm. or to talk yes. about how they're feeling, mm. not necessarily with their partner, but with I've with definitely friends. grown up with therapists as, and my mum's a therapist, but I've grown up with therapists as like, what? Nah. Mm. Mm. Literally, I've grown up with, and I've never seen a therapist. Mm. You know I mean? Um, well, I've sought do, other routes yeah. of mm. therapy through. Mm. But yeah, I guess it, you know, it would be good. You know, I'm I'm always uh, cautious of hot button topics, mm. and it because only because it make it creates a moment and then it disappears. Yeah, where I feel like this is uh, this has been forever. Yes. and it will be forever. Yeah, you know I mean, um, but maybe there's been a high increase in you know uh, an awareness for a particular reason. Maybe you know? I think that there's more. I guess it is a hot button topic, but there's more maybe more availability or more um willingness to talk willingness about it. to talk about it because there's more there's um different ways of accessing like mental health charities mm. therapists things like that like there's online counseling um people at schools mm. um kind of making it a bit more accessible for everyone young boys and young girls and i think if it's if it's um in and i guess not ingrained but if it's normalised and made a part of the culture, then I imagine these rates and will hopefully even yeah. out yes. and men will feel that they are able to express emotions and yes. they are able to cry and talk about how they're feeling, even if, you know, and how they feel mm. like they can't, but they can. Yes. So I don't know. Yeah. 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 I know a lot of crying men. <laughs> Good. So um, we were just um, putting away that. Well, I was putting away the microphone and the computer and everything. And um, Amelia and Amel started talking about social media and Tinder. And um, Amel was looking at how Tinder works. And then, um, have you ever been on it? 
I've never been on it, and they're just going through, swiping through, looking that at was it. For me, then, no, then, I've never been. I've never no. been on Tinder. I was so curious about how it works, and, yeah. and um, Mills showed me, and it's hilarious. Um, but listen, yes. But you know what? And Tinder doesn't seem that divorced from Instagram, and, no. and 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 what I mean by that is that people are putting out the best images of their life and who they are, the best photos, the best angles. And projecting that out into the world and then, you know, being judged. Being It is being judged. You know, how many likes have you got? Yes. You know, I, I've got someone I know, a friend of mine, and, you know, if she doesn't get a certain amount of likes on her pictures, mm. she's done for the day. Like, yeah. it, it, it can crush her, you know. And, or you spend time trying to figure out, okay, what are the numbers here? So I feel like social media, I think people should definitely take a break from it, you know, can you, you ask yourself if you're a person on social media, especially Instagram and those, like how is it possible for you to go one month without social media? Mm. And if it's incredibly, uh, if it's incredibly difficult and the answer is no, you're addicted. Yeah. And if you're true. addicted, it's a problem. And I'm not yeah. saying like, I'm, that's not a judgment. I've, I've done it before and I found it difficult mm. and so easy to get addicted to that because the world has been shaped in this way where you've got to be on it for information. If you're not on it, you're not really alive. Like I always say, if I'm not, if I'm not, um, if I haven't posted, I'm, I'm in London. I'm basically not in London to people. And when I come, when I come home to London, people are like, yeah, are you, uh, how come you didn't tell us you were here? I said, I, I don't even, I don't, I, we don't text or anything. But it wasn't on your social. If it's not online, it never happens. If it's not online, it never yeah, happens. So, you know, be, be really cautious, guys and girls, about that, you know, and, you know, try and get back to some semblance of, uh, you know, life without it mm. at times. Mm. It's a brilliant tool, but don't let it use you. Yeah, I think it can be important to curate your Instagram feed as well. Like if you're following an account and you see pictures and it makes you feel like rubbish, unfollow them and follow yes. something else. Yes. Like, yes. For example, on my Instagram, I follow lots of nature ones because I find nature really beautiful or I follow some informative things like a midwife and some other scientific kind of things and they kind of they build me up yeah. rather than they make me feel Take rubbish down, when yeah. you see their posts so that's important too is there anything you want to tell me midwife no <laughs> <laughs> I think we should end the podcast <laughs> on that one uh, we have a new life coming into the world thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed my podcast if you have any questions i'll be happy to help wishing you all the very best carolina the soul coach soulcoach.com